You guys asked for it. It's finally here. Carousel Project Inspired Merch. This collection has been on our hearts and minds for a while, and it was finally the time for us to bring it to life. Spinning Carousel Company is a pixie-dusted jewelry company inspired by theme park history and all of our most magical moments. Each piece is custom-designed to represent the unique moments in time of each of your favorite parks. Buy them now at spinningcarousel.com and use code CARUSELPROJECT for 10% off your first order. Thank you all so much for your support. Hi, everyone. Quick little note from the editor, Epcot Adam. We had some issues with the microphones in this episode. Um, There's a part where Kate's mic stopped working completely and we didn't realize it for a few minutes. And also later in the episode, her volume was recording a lot lower than everyone else's. So I did my best to equalize everything and make it all sound even. But if it all sounds a little bit low, that's why. So please just turn up your volume a little bit for that part and enjoy. And welcome back to this week's episode of the Carousel Project Podcast. We are so excited to jump into today's topic about the one, the only, Mickey Mouse. But before we do, I'm Josie Maida, and you can find me on all socials at Josie Maida. And I'm Kate Killebrew. You can find me on all socials at Kate Killebrew. And I'm Epcot Adam, and you can find me on all socials at Epcot Adam. Yeah, you can. Okay, question of the day. What is your favorite Mickey anything, memory, moment? And these two already decided I would go first. Yes. And it's not just because I'm star of the show and I'm forcing myself to go first. <laughs> I was voted first, okay? Um, it was your question. If you're not first, you're last. That's true, Ricky Bobby. Um, I'm going to say my favorite Mickey memory was, and I don't think this will ever happen again, which is why I cherish it, but for the 90th, they did such a good job in the parks. It was so cute. I remember I was on my, I think it was on my college program, and we went early in the day, and we went to like a couple places. They had like special desserts and special foods at a couple of different places just for the day around Magic Kingdom, and they gave out buttons, and we met Mickey. Um... And I remember we were the first people to order the dessert at Jungle Skipper that they had made for Mickey's birthday. Oh, wow. And um, they, like, brought us something special, like fast passes or something, because we, like, were the – like, it was so cute. They just made such a big deal out of the day, and it was so much fun. And I don't really – I know, seriously. This is the last time I feel like we've had any kind of effing fanfare. But um, (laughs) – Honestly, yeah, it was just point. it was it was fun. It was cute. It was just like a fun day in the park. I felt like people were excited. Again, they made it like super super fun that it was his birthday. Made a big deal mm-hmm. about it. Um, and yeah, I don't normally meet characters very often because I'm just like not into that. But I do tend to enjoy meeting like Mickey, and I feel like it can be fun. And right. it was just super fun and special that day. I think we used our fast passes. If I, I mean this was a while ago now, um, but like I think we used our fast passes to meet Mickey because that they gave us because the line was like obviously crazy long. But yeah, yeah, crazy what just a touch of fanfare can do. True. It, it doesn't take <laughs> much, Disney. Right. Disney executives, if you're listening, um, it doesn't take much. We don't ask for much. Anyways, um, I guess I'll try to go next. I'm going to try to think of a Mickey memory. Um, I I guess I will also say 
I guess I will also say Mickey's 90th. I was in the parks that day. Um, I, I think I started out in Epcot and then made my way to Magic Kingdom. So I actually ended up getting buttons in both parks because they had buttons for him mm. in every park because it was like such a big celebration. Again, the fanfare wasn't even that much, but it was better than what we're given now. Um, but when I got to Magic Kingdom, they had um, in the photography store like on main street like yeah. where you get the fuel rods they had um a piece of paper set up where you could sign and say like happy birthday to mickey for his 90th so like we went in there and did that and obviously like they were doing multiple that day and stuff but it was just fun to like and i think we got like a happy birthday card or something for him if you went in and signed your name and like told him happy birthday um and i remember trying all the treats and i think a lot of people were in the park that day so it was just nice i to think see i was everybody. there that day too. Well, I'm pretty sure I was there. I was gonna say we wouldn't have we wouldn't have met yet because it was right. I was there I, too. We, we met a few months later. Josie, Josie I have hang out. I was gonna say later. Josie, I have no idea how we didn't hang out together if we yeah, were there. Yeah, I don't. I think we weren't I'm that pretty, close yet. Well, the only the only issue I'm having with your story is that I know for a fact I stayed in your apartment for that trip because you were out of town for a wedding or something. So. I stayed with Paris. I ended up taking Paris last minute. Wait, you're talking about his 90th birthday? Yes, in 2018. Yes. I was definitely there because I have I have the pin. I went with my friend Miranda and then I worked that afternoon. And I remember being super excited that I was working on Mickey's birthday. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I also stayed at your apartment while you were gone <laughs> for the weekend. So I don't know. Maybe I like worked and then left like the next day and we didn't hang out. I was there. I know I was there. It was Dapper Day weekend. I was there the day of. I dressed as vintage Minnie for the Dapper Day weekend that weekend for her 90th. I stayed in your apartment while you were out of town. I took Paris. I took her to Toy Story Land for the first time and Disney at Christmas. Was it for like his 85th? No, it had to be for his 90th. I'm pretty sure I gave you a button though because I got a bunch of extra buttons for people. So that may be why you have the button. Now I'm like maybe I have the picture. I dressed up. I did a Disney bound that day as Bing Bong. So I'm maybe looking, I'm looking through my camera right I was now and say maybe, Magic Kingdom. Well, I was gonna and say I'm gonna maybe. look because I know what I was wearing. Okay, it okay, was November eighteenth, twenty seventeen. Then so that's what a year birthday before. was eighty nine. So it was eighty. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so they did all that fanfare just for his eighty ninth birthday. Yeah, that's why I thought it was the ninetieth because yeah. I was like, why would they do that for any other year? Like it must have been. And I guess you're right because I guess I remember thinking like, wow, I wonder what they're gonna do next year. Yeah, but yeah. I just typed into my camera roll like, um, Mickey. Magic Kingdom, and I do, in the picture I have on the button, it says, Happy Birthday, Mickey, and it says 2017, and I did a bound that day as Bing Bong, like I very specifically remember, I wore a pink tulle skirt, and I wore a white shirt and a jean jacket, a Bing Bong pin, I brought my Bing Bong, and then I also had Bing Bong ears, so say Bing Bong one more time, Bing Bong. I was going to say maybe maybe you were going for like when they switched over to his birthday stuff because I was like mm-hmm. I don't remember that happening like on his birthday. I remember it being like a few weeks after or something. So I was like maybe that's what she's talking about. But I remember you were not there because I was I was going to be in town. You still were letting me stay in your apartment, but you were out of town and then I ended up taking Paris, so we both stayed in your apartment when you were out of town. Anyways, so 
Now we solved it. <laughs> so we, we solved the mystery. mystery that solved. ended up being a more fun question than we yeah. thought. Yeah, because you were talking about how you were there, and I was like, why wouldn't we have been together? No, I know. I, was I like, know we were good friends because you let me stay in your apartment while you were out of town. Like, we had to be good friends for you to let me stay. Me? Right. Maybe we weren't that close of friends. Kate <laughs> has a key to my apartment is staying there without me. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, wait, we, we're gonna have to work through this story. So they did all no that way. fanfare. They did all that fanfare for the, the 89th. Uh huh. And thank God that phones literally have like yeah. every detail about every picture in your phone. But yeah, they did all that fanfare right. for his wild. 89th birthday. Yeah. Dang. And me and Kate met six weeks later. About we could have wow. hung out that day. We could have. We Maybe, but short. When I forced the friendship. <laughs> yes, you did. I re- it was so funny. I literally remember both of them being like, oh, like, we don't want to be around other people. Like, can't you just be alone with us? And I was like, listen, I have to go to work. We got to do breakfast all together. This is the only option. I think you guys should hang out after work, after I leave, but whatever. Do yep. or don't. I don't care. I brought my laptop on Space Mountain. I was so sure yep. I was just going to write some Yeah, she was like, no, I'm just going to sit park. and write somewhere. Right. Yeah. Kate and said like, carrying oh, can... a 10-pound laptop around the parks all day is more fun than hanging out with this idiot Epcot Adam. <laughs> she said, I want literally no part of this man. Yep. Um, but then you mentioned not. DVC, and I was like, great, let's well, go to Epcot. Kate, that is because you are a narcissist, and you only I, think about what you can I get do. out of a situation. <laughs> You're a narcissist. And so you thought, DVC, there's something I can get here. I can yep. go up to that lounge and have a free Coca-Cola in a miniature cup. I have to yeah. and, I have to pretend to be friends with him. And <laughs> to be fair, no one told him to watch out for me. So how no was one right. supposed to I was not he aware yet. supposed to know. He wasn't aware. That, was, that <laughs> he only wasn't happened a, last year, two years ago, he I guess. Wasn't, <laughs> he, he wasn't aware that he was supposed to watch out, and he wasn't aware that I tested people. So yeah. he really was going in blind at right. this point. Seriously. He had no clue. All yeah. we did, no, I, not I just thought we were going to bond over <laughs> Callie Stacy, and then all of a sudden I'm being forced <laughs> to hang out with this girl all day. <laughs> Callie Stacy. We should we do an episode about Callie, although <laughs> oh she has my. nothing to do with Disney. <laughs> and I don't think I want to share her. I feel no. like she's yeah. a gem. Yeah. Yeah. In um, our hearts forever. In our hearts forever. Yeah. That hospital review. I'll never forget never that the person forget. I dated while we were so obsessed with Callie Stacy, like <laughs> years later, like messaged me about, about Callie Stacy. That's the best part. That is my favorite part. Like, her legacy we lives have nothing on. left. We have nothing left but Callie Stacy. We'll always have Callie Stacy. <laughs> Oh my god! We're off we to such gone. a great start. Oh, this man. is this is something. Wait, what's Adam's memory? Oh gosh, oh, I don't yeah, even know. We didn't even do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ten minutes. How about in. we do our favorite Callie Stacy memory? We already did yeah. our memories. That's true. Okay. Um, hey, we got through Josie's. <laughs> I think okay. I think my favorite memory or something up there over the years is just being able to meet all the different versions of him. Because oh, yeah. at, at Mickey's house like in Disneyland, they have different rooms where you can meet just regular Mickey. You can meet Sorcerer Mickey. You can meet um, Steamboat Willie Mickey. That's the one. And I then would... like at Magic mm-hmm. Kingdom, I've met the Talking Mickey. Um, and uh, then that was yeah. cool. You know, like I've at Ohana, we've met Mickey in his Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. And at Chef Mickey's, he's in his chef costume. So I just think it's so yeah. cool that you get to see like yeah. all the different versions different. of such a beloved character. I like that I answer. Agree. Thank you. 
It's a very good answer. Before we move on to the actual topic for today, I did want to give a shout out to my niece, Rafaela, who loves listening to the podcast. She's one of our biggest fans. She is so cute, and I miss her so much. And so I just wanted to give a little shout out. We love a shout out. We love a shout out from the CPP team. Um, And yeah, now let's jump into Mickey Mouse Attractions. Yay. So, I just have to say, one, the the reason we picked this topic was because Mickey's 95th is coming up later this year, um, but I will think... Will there be fanfare, like, at his 89th? Probably not. My guess is no. There will be fanfare on the Spinning Carousel Co. site, though, so stay tuned. There will be. There, there will be will fanfare. Be, so, stay <laughs> tuned. Um, but I... kind of like an episode I think the last episode we had like the timing of us recording this episode worked out great for me personally it has been very serendipitous lately which is another great movie because would you say that is nothing short of predominant it's nothing (laughs) short of predominant that I I am currently reading the book I am reading because the book I am reading um I'm gonna link it in the show notes for everybody it's called Magic Journey My Fantastical Walt Disney Imagineering Career it's by Kevin Rafferty and I'd already been reading this book but for whatever reason this timed out great to where I got he a lot has a of crush extra. on Kevin Rafferty I do not <laughs> Josie has a crush on Kevin Perjurer <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> what Kevin do I, I have a crush say- on <laughs> Kevin Kevin Fickle. <laughs> yes, Kevin Fickle. <laughs> My brother. <laughs> Shout out, Kevin. I want to see what Kevin looks like. Kevin Rafferty. Rafferty. I'm going to Google it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Girl. Okay, oh, he's a hottie. I'm losing, <laughs> I'm losing it today. Oh, he passed away. Oh, no. What? <laughs> what? He what? passed away on July 2nd, 2020. Years, three years ago. What? Kate's... <laughs> I did not know that. We are not laughing at him. Kate talks about this man as if he... Like, All I the time. thought he was still, like, yeah, very alive and well. <gasps> what? She is definitely... I wish you all could he... see the look of shock on her. That's so sad. It is so sad. Oh, my gosh. I thought no, he was, that's like... like wait, 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 wait. I think this oh. is a different Kevin Rafferty. No, I'm talking about the kid no. who is an Imagineer. Yeah, that's not. No, he oh, did not die. One. Oh my god! I'm leaving like, this hell? all in, you guys. No, because the, the, the first two articles that came up when you uh, Google him is Kevin Rafferty, who died in July second, twenty twenty, and then the second one is Imagineer Kevin Rafferty okay, retiring wait, in twenty twenty one. I made Kate cry. I made a Kate cry for no reason. But look it. Okay, look how confusing this is. Look how confusing this is on my Google. Same. Look at this. When you click on my Google, it's all pictures of him with his Imagineering hat. And then down here, it says that he died. But yep. upon closer look, it says this is the other Kevin Rafferty. But they're showing the pictures for the Imagineer Kevin Rafferty. So it's very confusing. So despite what people think, the fir- the actual first Mickey-themed attraction was the Mickey Mouse Review, which was an opening day attraction at the Magic Kingdom. Now, the idea of this attraction went as far back as the 60s. Walt wanted um, to have an attraction with a bunch of Disney characters as an orchestra. Um, so it totally makes sense that for Walt's Park, 
they made this happen, much like Hall of Presidents and some of the other ideas that he had that never came to be for Disneyland. Mm. Um, I will say the confusing thing about all the research I found about uh, the Mickey Mouse Review is the actual number of animatronics they have for this attraction. Some say like 86. The, the book, the Since the World Began book mentioned like over 60, like they, different amounts. Um, but the orchestra itself was 23 characters um, with wow. Mickey as the conductor. And I, I've looked back at photos of it. Um, I'd probably watch a video one day too, just for fun. Seeing like all those characters together with instruments, I feel like would have been so fun to see this attraction. Seriously. Would, Where is- was it in comparison to like the park now? It's Philhar Magic, um, right? It's Philhar Magic's theater. Oh, okay, it is. So, okay. so this, so this park, the park opened with that in the theater. It was an e-ticket attraction um, in 1971. Ninety cents for adults, eighty cents for kids, with the little ticket thing. Um, and yeah, the, kind of like the Philhar Magic concept now. Mickey was the maestro, um, and he led all of the numbers, but. Mm-hmm. Um, what was cool about it is like they had the main orchestra on stage, but then they had the different for the different song numbers, other character animatronics would come out like the fairy godmother, the three caballeros. Um, actually, Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear had it had Zippity Doodah number in there. Mm. So they really hit from I, I feel like all the different decades of their, you know, animation history at that point right. in time because this came out in the 70s. Um, I'm just surprised it took all the way until opening Magic Kingdom because you think like Walt, like it all started with the mouse. Like you would think he would have wanted something like in Disneyland and like made it happen. You know what I mean? Because Disney was so popular because of Mickey. I think it came down to technology and then space. Like I think that by the time they, because you have to think um, the first animatronics at that level were, you know, the 60s with, like, um, Mary Poppins. The bird in Mary Poppins was, like, apparently the first animatronic they ever created. So you have to think, like, Walt would pass away shortly after that. So I think that's part of it. And then also just size. They said that um, in my research I found that um, the Maestro Mickey animatronic was actually like the most advanced animatronic they had at that time um it was like a really big deal Mm -hmm. so um before i get into like some details about the mickey mouse review just for those who don't know um the mickey mouse review was in magic kingdom at the philhar magic stage now um it was there from opening day through um september 14th 1980 at this point Mickey Mouse Review would be completely uprooted and moved over to Tokyo to be ready to be an opening day attraction over there. Oh, Um, wow. So So it really got some life out of it. So basically what happened, what we've talked about before, is like when Disney partnered with the Oriental Land Company to build that park, they let Disney know we want to pull our favorites from Disneyland and Walt Disney World and just put them together. So... That most of the stuff at Tokyo was duplicates from either Disneyland or Disney World. This was the the only attraction that was actually from Magic Kingdom that got moved over to Tokyo. So that's kind of cool. They said um, perfect. We wanted to get rid of this shit anyway. Yeah. Well, the thing <laughs> is, is, the thing is, like 
a lot of people, you know, some people, of course, would go still go see this show. But after nine years, you know, there's only so many times you can watch them perform the same, you know, numbers. You know, they aren't changing their routine. So um, it moved to Tokyo Disneyland. It kind of worked out great because, like we said, they gave them an excuse to move it. Um, And it was at Tokyo Disneyland from its opening day, April 15th, 1983, through May 25th, 2009. So it was there a long, long time. time. Yeah. They really loved it over there. And ironically, it's currently replaced with Mickey's Filler Magic. So um, <laughs> so the same theater is now Mickey's Filler Magic over in Tokyo. Um, so let's see. I'm going to get into a little bit of the details here. So um, the conductor Mickey from the Maestro Mickey from this attraction actually inspired the logo for Walt Disney Records. Um, and wow. this was very the, cute. And although this was the fir- the only attraction to be shipped to Tokyo versus like duplicated for Tokyo. This was the second attraction that adi- that was shipped to another Disney park instead of duplicated. The first was obviously Carousel of Progress going from Disneyland to Disney World. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of cool. Which I couldn't even imagine how much work it is to ship something like to, that. Especially to Tokyo. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the three cat, we all know, th- I think we all kind of know this, but, um, Back in 2015, um, they added the three Caballero animatronics from Mickey Mouse Review into mm-hmm. the Grand Fiesta Tour attraction at Epcot. So oh, I didn't still... know that's where they were from. Oh, I thought they that? were brand yeah. new. Yeah. No, they just, um, I think they reimagined them because I think bef- I think the original version of them had like more text, like, you know what I'm saying? Like they did yeah. something to zhuzh them up, but they're the same animatronic. Right. Oh, um, wow. That's so crazy. That's so they've cool. really gotten their use out of those bad boys. Yes. Um, and then they said, you better work. Yes. Um, (laughs) and then this attraction was the only time that Jimmy McDonald would voice Mickey for an attraction. Um, we're going to talk about Jimmy McDonald again later when we talk about Mm -hmm. um, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. But for those who don't know, he is the guy who took over the voice of Mickey after Walt and he would be the voice of Mickey through the eighties, I believe. Um, and he actually had a lot to do with sounds for the theme parks and for, um, animation and things like that he would make the sound effects before they had digital machines that would make the sound effects he made them and he was the voice of mickey so he's like a big deal um but anyway this is the only time that he voiced mickey for an attraction so that's kind of cool um yeah Make the Mickey Mouse um, review had a few other animatronics that were reused for or duplicated for things. So um, whenever they updated the Alice in Wonderland ride in Disneyland in 1984, duplicates of the Alice, Mad Hatter, Flowers, and um, March Hare animatronics were were put over in that ride. Like basically, oh, since wow. they had created them, they went and made duplicates and put them there. And then um, duplicates of the Seven Dwarfs animatronics from this attraction were used for Snow White Scary Adventures in Magic Kingdom, the 1994 to 2012 version. Mm. Um, the Walt is the I'm sorry the um, the Mickey the Maestro Mickey conductor animatronic, the one that I said that was the most advanced at that time. It's currently retired in the Walt Disney Archives. Oh. Um, 
And Justice for Maestro Mickey. Well, they have like a, what's it called, in the gift shop. So I worked in the PhilharMagic gift shop when I was in, um, during my college program. And they had like a Maestro Mickey and like whatever in the gift shop. So I was almost like, I was like, I didn't think that was an animatronic. But I was like, that would have been cool if they had him there like on display. You know what I mean? Like that he yeah. didn't work. But he was like there and you could see him would be kind of cool. But I figured that he wasn't because, you know. It yeah, more like a statue I, than anything else. Yeah, right. I think I know what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, you know, I, it's hard to think of now because it's been over 50 years since this attraction opened in Magic Kingdom. But like they they were saying the vice president of like the project for Tokyo Disneyland was like raving about these animatronics saying it was like the highest technology that they had currently which for which me is so crazy it's like wild to see like it's literally just 80 animatronics on stage like moving back and forth with instruments but you know what I mean like but back then that really that was, was crazy. amazing so that was the first before we go to Philhar Villar Magic I did think we should just note um some of the different oh i did want to talk about what happened to the mickey mouse review space till we yeah okay so till we get to yeah i was gonna ask you i was like i know there was like a lion king thing at one point yes so um we had till we had the show there till 1980 from 1980 to 1987 it was empty Nothing for seven years. That theater just sat empty. Then That's crazy. From, yeah. I wonder why they did that. I wonder why they said like, "Oh, sure, Tokyo, you can have ours, and we'll just leave it empty." I, like you would have thought I they would have been like, "We'll take a payment for it, and then we'll use that money to like put something else there." That's all prime I'm, real estate. All I'm thinking mm-hmm. is like that's the state of the company at that time. Like 1980, yeah. they were really working on Epcot. They were probably trying to get the Tokyo Disney stuff done, and then by '83. We're around that hostile takeover time. Like, we, they were doing bad. So yeah. I feel like once Mikey got in there and got some stuff done, he's like, why is this theater sitting empty? Like, okay. So then at that point, 1987 to 1994, the Magic Journeys film was in there. And then from 1994 to 2003, we had Legend of the Lion King, one of my personal favorites from my childhood. It was such a good show. And then um, 2003 to present is Mickey's Filler Magic, like I said, before we're going to talk about Mickey's Filler Magic, I would just wanted us to go through like the different Mickey-themed lands because that is what falls next chronologically. Right. Um, for Mickey's 60th, they opened Mickey's Birthday Land in the area where um, Storybook Circus is now. This was the first version of that land. It was only about three acres. It was supposed to be a temporary land off of Fantasyland, just an excuse to celebrate Mickey's 60th birthday. The fanfare. Um, Yes. Well, it was a Mikey time. So Mikey, Mikey, no, no scent was spared. No scent was spared. Um, So attractions in that area, they had the Mickey's Birthday Land Express, which was obviously the train, but like they made it a big thing because it was a 60th. They had a mini surprise birthday party. She had like this big cake and it was like this show. Anyway, um, Minnie Moo was there, obviously. I don't know if we've talked about Minnie Moo on this podcast yet, but that was the, the cow that has the Mickey shaped. Um, and then Mickey's house. So Mickey's house was there first, as far back as, as Mickey's birthday land. And then we would see Mickey's Starland in 1990 because the area became so popular. But like after two years, we couldn't still celebrate Mickey's 60th birthday. So at that point, 
They added um, a different show called Mickey's Magical TV World. It had the Disney Afternoon characters in it with Mickey. Um, they brought in Grandma Duck's barn farm area, which would be where uh, Minnie Moo would be. They had like kind of a petting zoo situation. They still had the train. And then apparently in the holiday season of 1995, I found this out today and I've researched these lands a lot. So I don't know how I've missed this, but mm -hmm. apparently for the holiday season of 1995, um, they would change Mickey's Starland to Mickey's Toyland for the holiday season just that oh. one year. What? So that was a move. Chronologically, what would happen next would be Mickey's Toontown in Disneyland opening mm -hmm. um, in 1993. Yep. Still open to this day. We're going to talk more about that later. But um, because I think because of the success of all these Mickey-themed lands is the reason they opened Mickey's Toontown again in Tokyo Disneyland in 1996. So both of those parks got their Mickey's Toontown, and then in 1996 on October 1st, as a part of the 25th anniversary celebration, the gift that kept on giving, um, Mickey's Toontown Fair opened at Magic Kingdom. We saw Minnie's house. We saw you know uh, Donald's boat. We saw an expansion of that kind of neighborhood and then we had the meet and greets for the characters and we had Goofy's Barnstormer which ultimately meant that Minnie Moo had to go move over to Tri-Circle D Ranch yep. over in Fort Wilderness and that was it on the uh on the little spaces. So, I was gonna say for the Toontown Fair when yeah. it opened in 1988 it's also really cool because that was right around the time when Roger Rabbit was going on Roger Rabbit opened June 21st 1988 and then they had opened it as Mickey's Toontown Fair um in 1996 for, yeah so it was like they had seen such like Roger Rabbit was so popular that I feel like it's really cool that like I feel like you know it was a bunch of other things first and then I yeah. feel like they were like, okay, this Toontown thing is really working. It's really doing well. Oh, yeah. I feel like, mm -hmm. once, so, like I feel like once people didn't want the birthday land to go away, they're like, okay, we'll do Starland. And then they were like, okay, Disneyland should be where Mickey's Toontown is. But then I think enough people went to Disneyland and were like, why don't we have this at Disney World? So mm -hmm. then that's why they did the fair version. Yeah. Um, and I think, but it just makes so much sense. Like, I like that they differentiated a little bit from yeah. Disneyland, but I love the way that they make it fit. I just, you know, I love Who Framed Roger Rabbit and I love that little tie-in, but that it's still, like, Mickey yeah. and, like, I, I just think it was so cute. I remember that as a kid and I wish we still had that here. And oh, when I too. went to Disneyland, it was closed. So it's been yeah. a really long time yeah. since I've been we able to go, go to a Toontown. We gotta go back. Let's yeah, go. and um, I don't know what I read, but I read something where they were talking about, like, um, building... Mickey's Toontown in Disneyland and how I think they said they did like pull inspiration from Roger Rabbit and all that to like get the vibe of of what it was going to be but um but yeah no I I that's if if I could have one thing back at Walt Disney World it would be it would be Mickey's Toontown Fair 200 percent mm -hmm. for me personally because I loved I yeah I, I don't bake like storybooks again I want to storybook circus again. is never really like my yeah favorite no. area so here we are with mickey's fill our magic this this one was uh in my opinion a secret banger like they when kevin rafferty still here with us whenever he came <laughs> up with this idea 
weirdly enough, the, the concept was actually hatched at the Disney California Adventure opening in 2001. They, wow. they were sitting around talking um, after like the grand opening ceremonies and um, him and someone else were sitting there having a conversation like, what can we do? Because I think Marty had said like, it'd be nice if we could put something in that Mickey Mouse review theater, you know? And they were like, well, it'd be mm-hmm. better if we could do something with Mickey again, you know, like do some something like new technologically advanced but still the same concept so they started thinking of the idea um the original concept they had actually was going to star tinkerbell instead of donald duck the concept was going to be that tinkerbell was to put pixie dust on all of the instruments to bring them to life but then she put too much pixie dust and so then the instruments go oh you know crazy Crazy. Mm. they end up sucking her up in a you know tuba and then she ends up in the dark to be lit up by like the one candle from Lumiere and And I feel like it could have worked because it's it's so cute because like Tink has a little attitude Donald has a little attitude so I could see it so there yeah so Kevin's idea and the idea he wanted was for Tink and the ending actually sounded really cool the ending they were gonna have like pixie dust all in the theater and they were gonna have the seats move so it felt like our seats lifted a little bit and then went back down at the end anyway but Mikey, our boy Mikey, he said, Tink is a no-go. It needs to be someone like Donald who would, like, cause some trouble. Like, like you know, Tinkerbell's not... Like, t- what would Tinkerbell be doing causing trouble with, like, Mickey? It would totally be Donald. That'd be, like, jealous. That's you know, true. jealous, whatever. So it totally makes sense. And... Yeah. Kev... So Kevin... Because like, Tink is a troublemaker, but only when she's jealous. Right. Yeah. She's just sassy. So like she, she wouldn't... Yeah. She wouldn't be jealous of Mickey. So, um... So, yeah... So Kevin had to like pitch this idea to Disney Animation so they could create the film for them and everything. And he remembers them being like, why would Donald want to take, you know, Mickey's hat and all this kind of stuff? And he's having to try to like convince them of this, but he doesn't even believe in it because he wanted Tinkerbell, not Donald. So anyway, it ended up being Donald. Um, uh, But the cool thing about Donald in this is that all but three of the lines that Donald says are actually recordings from sessions from the 40s, 50s, and 60s from um, Donald's, like, original voice. Wow. Like, the so, you know, they went through hundreds of hours of sessions to try to, to find, find the perfect lines to find the fit. perfect lines. And all but three of the lines were those original um, audio clips from the original voice. That's really cool. Um, the only three lines that had to be recorded were, where's my hat, a pie, and thank you. Which in his book, he's like, it's weird that in decades of time, Donald never said thank you. That right. they had to record that, <laughs> but they did. So um, those three lines were performed by the current longtime Donald, um, Tony Ans. Anslamo. So that I thought that was kind of cool that they put in that extra detail, those hundreds of hours to try to like use the true like the true voice for that. Um, and then let's see, Kevin came up with the name Mickey's Filler Magic. That's kind of cool. Um, and then so this, like we said, this ride was supposed to be just like uh, something to help with Magic Kingdom. Like they needed to get help with that theater. When I looked this up. It's in five parks now. 
five parks wow. have Mickey's Filler Magic. I didn't know that. I knew they had it in DCA. Then I found yep. out today about Tokyo. So I was like, okay, it's also in Disneyland Paris, and it's also in Hong Kong Disneyland. And Yeah, I didn't know it was crazy. in so many places. Actually, it was in... Is o- it that popular, or was it just easy? I think it's a little bit of both. I think it. I mean, I'll. 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 I'll be honest. I enjoy Mickey's Filler. I love it. I do too. I love it. If people want to ride it, I'm thrilled. Anyways, the cool thing is though that Hong Kong Disneyland opened with this attraction. It was an opening day attraction there, so it was good enough that they were like, okay, we'll put it in there. Um, But yeah, I mean, it. It didn't make it to Paris. It seems till 2018. We know it didn't make it to DCA until like 2019. Yeah. Um, But it's been in Tokyo Disneyland since 2009. Um, I think the reason that it like resonates, especially with people our age, so much is that a majority of the scenes are all Disney Renaissance, like everything but. Um, the little Sorcerer's Apprentice moment, now Un Poco Loco, and then um, You Can Fly, Peter Pan, which is a classic, of course. The rest are all Disney Renaissance, and it's like the big numbers from the film. So yeah, when you think about where animation was at that point in time in 2003 when this opened, too, like this was probably such a home run for Disney as a whole. They're about for kids to, to have a place like, to yeah. like... To like see these, to see these songs they love, but in like a different way, in an interactive yeah. way. Like, I was like, dang, this was like And it like must be like so really easy for them to duplicate it because there's not like dozens of animatronics or anything. It's just like the only yeah. moving mm-hmm. parts are really the, the border around the stage that raises when the screen widens. But honestly, that's really it. Things like that or the um, little Magic Eye Theater in Epcot, yeah. like, I feel like it's not that much talking. No. Like, you don't really need to, it doesn't matter what language you speak, you understand yeah. what's going on and you're going to Especially enjoy it. Right. And the shorts, the shorts yeah. over in Epcot are like that too, but... Yeah, it's like even if you're from a different country, if you and you don't maybe speak English, you might still know the songs or yeah. you know what I mean? So again, I feel like it's an easy thing for them to duplicate and for it to be beloved across so many parks because so many people can, you know, understand what's going on and enjoy. Yeah, mm. I was just shocked because like I said, I only knew it was at DCA because we went and watched it in that little awkward theater it shouldn't be in. Oh. Um, but I yep. didn't realize, like, oh, wow, it like, Hong Kong opened with this. Like, you know, so they really, and I will say, not to mention Kevin again, but, like, almost all of his attractions that he's put out, they were pitched for one park, and they were put in more than one park. Like, uh, mm-hmm. Midway Mania, um, it's tough to be a bug. I don't know why anybody would want to watch that, but it was put in two parks. Um, you know, Tower of Terror, all these concepts he came up with, they were, like, doubled. Um, Rock and Roller Coaster. So, anyways... This guy knows how to pick some rides, is my point. But um, anyway, I thought that was really cool. I never knew that much about Filler Magic, and I feel like there were a bunch of like little details, like the Tinkerbell thing. Like I would have never put that together. That Tinkerbell should have been the one, right? But it makes sense with the pixie. When he when he explained it with the pixie dust, I was like, okay, I could see where it fit. She was trying to do her job, and then she did too much pixie dust, and then it went crazy, you know, whatever. But the Donald, mm-hmm. I have to say, my boy Mikey. He came through with the come through. You know what I mean? Like Donald's a good fit. So that's that on Mickey Spiller Magic. And that brings us to the first ride through uh, Mickey themed attraction. attraction. Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway. Which was also created, written, and directed by the currently living 
uh, Kevin Rafferty. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you know what, Kevin, you took away my favorite thing that's ever been the great movie ride, and I just feel like you didn't need to do that to me. Is what I will say about I that. Agree. Um, I agree. But actually, yeah, the Mickey um, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, I remember when they were opening it, I was working in internal comms at Epcot, so we worked with the team there a lot. Um, and I remember that they did a cast preview, and I thought it was really weird because I was dating my ex at the time, and they wouldn't let you bring a guest. Like, normally it's like a cast preview. Yeah. You can bring, like, at least one guest, right. sometimes more. And especially because of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, like, it's like long booths and it's continual, you would think, no, no weird. guests. So um, I went on the ride by myself and I remember like feeling so bad being like sorry like you kind of can just wait for me because like you weren't allowed yeah it was very very strange especially for all cast previews like before and after I don't know it's because they knew what was to come with like COVID um but really especially at the time the cast previews were in February because the attraction opened on March 4th 2020 it was announced at the D23 Expo in July 2017 and then the the attraction opened on March 4th 2020 in Walt Disney World just a few days before the parks would shut down on March 15th 2020 um But I will say, when we were on the cast previews and in that time, not that we thought COVID was, like, a joke, but, like, there were, like, those audios on TikTok of, like, it's COVID, it's corona time, and, like, people, like, did not understand what was to come. Like, they thought it was all just, like, things being blown out of proportion. So I don't think that's why, because every other ride was operating, like, the park was operating completely normally, so it wouldn't have made sense that, like, that ride you couldn't bring a guest. Maybe it came down to, like, the social media of it all. Like, maybe they can't control people's guests. No, because they wanted us to share it. Yeah, I think we were able to share. Most of the time when they opened for cast previews most of the time then I don't know by that point you can start sharing because they know that even with cast there's like no way to stop everybody so anyway just a random memory but yeah it was crazy because they did like this whole big opening for it on March 4th and then literally in our offices a couple of days later it was like yeah, we're closing. Right. And even then we were like, that's not going to happen. There's no way. Um, but I remember for the cast preview, they did give out these like cute little tickets. And um, yeah, it was it was fun when they opened. I will say one thing I like is the sign on the Grauman's Chinese mm-hmm. Theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really cute. It is really cute, and I think, like, at the beginning, a lot of people were like, why would they do that? It makes no sense. And then when Disney was like, actually, it does make sense because this is what the signs looked like for yeah, premieres, I think it is cute. At least they did something to make it tie into the Yeah, it was inspired by the 1920s premiere signs, they said, too, which is nice. Yeah, so, I mean, will I forever be salty because I love the great movie ride? Yes, absolutely. Do I think that we should have had it only in Disneyland where it's a much better fit? Yes, absolutely. Um, But Disneyland's attraction would open January 27th, 2023, just a few months ago. And I honestly feel like the fanfare has been way more. Again, I don't know if it's because we were like approaching COVID and like way higher up at Disney they were being more cautious but like I feel like the fanfare and like just the excitement like the general excitement from the Disney community I feel like has been way more at Disneyland and I've heard that like it's just way better I think it's it also is. just the fact yeah Adam. I think it's also just <laughs> Adam's been I think it's also just the fact that like we it's been out for three years over here also the queue can't compare to the queue that they no, just did at, at Disneyland. Also, they took an ex- at ours. They took like an existing building and re like you know they obviously re- recreated it and everything. But like 
the lobby area is not nearly as I never have to wait, luckily, but it's never nearly as interesting. Um, like, I won't wait. Like, I'll just pass it up if the line's long. Um, but I, from what I understand, the queue at Disneyland is amazing. And I think that's one yes, big difference. Also, so I think the attraction makes a lot more sense in Disneyland. In Toontown. In Toontown at the El Capitoon Theater than yep. in you know, the Chinese theater, you know, it technically makes sense. But then once they announced, I'm pretty sure they announced at the D23 Expo 2019 that they were bringing it to Disneyland as well at that point. I think that, I think that was when they announced it about Disneyland. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like once they announced they were going to do what they were going to do in Disneyland, I rolled my eyes for two reasons. I was like, one, why are we doing double attractions in the same country? Like, we can do it coast like why are we doing that but two like it makes way more sense in disneyland than it did in the great movie ride building but oh 100 percent, and and storytelling wise yeah. like for the park like i feel yeah. like it's a stretch that like especially it's so far from what hollywood studios used to be like oh, i don't know girl. i just feel like it's kind of a stretch oh, child. um whereas i feel like it fits perfectly into if i think too much about Disneyland. If I think too much about the hodgepodge theming of Disney's Hollywood Studios, it is a little stressful. Especially when you think about the Mickey and Minnie's Railway railway situation. Like, that is not... Anyways. um, Well, just a few little details about this ride that I thought were kind of cool. I talked about Jimmy McDonald earlier. Um, They made a point to feature... Uh, several of the sound effects from his collection um, in the art, like in the archives and stuff, some as far back as the 1930s um, for this attraction. Wow. This is a big deal because, and Kevin kind of talks about this in his book because now most of the time people just use digital. You can look up, you know, horn, you can look up whatever, get whatever you want. But what Jimmy McDonald did for Disney, for the parks, for animation, for all these things, um, is he created these sounds using his own you know machine like he used he create all these sounds um and he has a story in his book about when he took jimmy to the walt disney studios lot to help uh steal all of his i hate to say steal but basically steal all of his um old like sound effects and stuff back because there was a rumored purge that was going to be happening at the studios and and Kevin Rafferty Ooh. was afraid that those things were going to get thrown away because people don't use that kind of stuff anymore so he was afraid that like this huge piece of Disney's history um was going to get thrown away so anyway they went and got it um kind of similar to when Nicolas Cage told the Declaration of Independence kind of basically so anyway (laughs) I thought it was very fitting that like when Kevin Rafferty had headed this project he made a point to not only use those sounds from him before but they actually ended up using his equipment to create new sounds for the attraction um instead of just looking for digital sounds which again is pretty cool um one example is the whistle for Goofy's train on the ride they used the same whistle from Steam Boat Willie in 1928. So they could have oh, used wow, any. Really cool. They could have used any whistle, and they said, "We need that 1928 whistle. We're gonna blow it." Which is in good. It. We're, I'll give them that. But that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I'm like this. I feel like this is the last time we hear about this kind of thing because these are like little details that I feel like are not done anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This, as a lot of people know, this attraction has more hidden Mickey's than any other attraction. And then there's also that B storyline with 
Pluto going on. If you pay attention in the room and you pay attention to Pluto, he's kind of got a different storyline going on in the yeah. room. So, I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool that they still put some details into the attraction of the history of that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I wish, um, I don't know, I feel like it's time for Mickey to get something cooler. I know we yeah. just got, maybe a Mickey and Minnie's, maybe I feel differently if I go to Disneyland. Yeah. I think. You will. If it, if I was going to say, I feel like it better. fits way better in Disneyland. Um, I haven't done it, but like I, just from what I've seen and like just the cohesiveness of it, I feel like the, the one in like Hollywood Studios is so silly, like the longer it exists. But I mean, it moves a lot of people. It's a trackless attraction. People love a trackless attraction. It's got Mickey. It's another ride that anybody can ride. No height requirement. And um, it's a ride that like, again, people like who are in Disney World for their vacation, yeah, like the standard everyday guest. But just like the standard everyday guest is going to be happy with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's true. Like, oh, yeah. That's true. It's people like us who are like big Disney fans who are like, dang, like we can ride that somewhere else. But like I feel like if they're just looking to appease like the everyday person, they're going to be perfectly appeased with that option. You know what yep. I mean? I agree. I agree. And, you know, it's sadly... Disney's a business at the end of the day as far as great movie ride goes and we know that if Disney has to choose between doing something original or doing something with IP the past decade and a half they're gonna just slap an IP somewhere and yeah. um with how much space that building had I guess that's what made the most sense I I'm with everybody I think they should have just done an updated version of great movie ride with maybe just all the Disney entities you know what I mean like they could they have done so much. so much I'll never stop talking about this because truly 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 that was what I believed in my heart of hearts was gonna happen yeah and they said no and then I literally went down, like, they made the announcement, and then they closed that ride yeah. so fast. And, like, it was just, it was not great. It was not great. People were not happy. No, but, it was horrible. Yeah, I'm excited to see the attraction at Disneyland. I feel me like too. I, would maybe, I, yep. I just want to go to Toontown in Disneyland because... <sighs> Because I feel like it adds to, like, the fun of the ride that, like, there's stuff around that makes sense yeah. and gets you excited for Mickey and gets yeah. you in the mood for, like, being in Toontown. Like, I feel like that's just seems like a lot more fun. Yeah, I agree. And we could go on the Roger Rabbit ride. I was going to say. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I just want to, I could spend a whole day in Toontown just for the vibes. So, I'm so down. I want those vibes. I've never, I basically have never been because it's been since I was like wow. four. Because I was like four. So like I vaguely, vaguely remember. Well, I think right. I only got to go in the houses for like, like walked through the houses with Nick. So that means not really walk through the houses the way I would like to walk through the houses <laughs> in 2019. Like I'm walking through and he's like, okay, we're done. And I'm like, no, I want to bake a cake. <laughs> like I want to open the fridge. <laughs> I have things to do. Um, So... I think that was the only time I've gotten to go into Toontown at Disneyland is like we walked through very quickly and that was it. And then the last few times I went, it was like either during COVID when we weren't allowed to go in the houses because of whatever or, you know, like that was they were closed or now they've recently been closed with like the Toontown stuff. So, yeah, it's time Kate, to go when, back. When you came in 2021, uh, Toontown was already closed by then. 
I thought we went on Roger Rabbit. But we went on Roger wrong. Rabbit, but I okay, think but, that, but I think the they don't. Lane. I don't think they were letting people go in the house for whatever reason. I don't know. Okay. Oh, it's because probably because meet and greets weren't back. I think what right, they had it. is they were standing outside of the house like waving on their porch. Right. So that I think that was the the situation. Yeah. So yeah, we did we did Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin. We did it right before they switched. I think right before they switched the trench coat outfit. I'm pretty sure that was mm-hmm. when we did it. So yeah, I'd like to do it again. But Same. I want to do Let's Toontown go. so badly. I have wanted to forever. I absolutely love Roger Rabbit. Like I just want to do it so badly. I cannot wait. I will say I'm honestly surprised. I was hoping to find like some weird, obscure, like, you know, one year Disney attraction or something that was di- that was Mickey themed, like even as far back as like the 50s or 60s. But mm-hmm. there really isn't anything like the only Nothing. things I found were like Mickey Mouse Club themed stuff. But like that's not really Mickey themed at all, you no. know, because it's not Mickey. So I omitted right. that that information. But I was surprised, like I'm surprised it really took till 71 to have an attraction w- starring Mickey. Like that's yeah. kind of wild. Anyways. This was fun. Happy 95th this was fun. early, mm-hmm. Mickey. Happy birthday, Mickey. Early, yeah. Happy happy birthday, <laughs> Kevin. Thank you for writing your great book. I hope I I hope I'll meet alive. you sometime soon. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> no. No, I just, well, I bought, the crazy thing is I bought his book after seeing him in a Marty Sklar panel and Nick and I worked so hard to try to get him to sign my book because I, I didn't get into his um, panel about his book because I was in another panel that let out late. So we like tried to see if we could meet him somehow and they were like, no. So anyway, I would really like to just shake his hand and be like, thank you so much yeah. for all you've done. Your book is really great. Sounds like a woman obsessed to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the fact that like he was so close to Marty Scalar. Like mm-hmm. his book is full of letters from Marty Scalar and his famous red ink and stuff. Like I don't know. I just his journey in Disney was really cool. It's fine. I don't have to explain myself. So But if if Kevin Kevin, if you want to come on the podcast, yeah. we'd love to have you. Feel free. <laughs> join us on the podcast <laughs> and yeah that would be that actually would be pretty amazing um but i think that's it that wraps up our episode for this week on mickey's history this one was a wild ride which you might not was. have what <laughs> this was a runaway railway this really, it really was. was it really was it really was but it we're really glad was. we made it to the end nothing can stop us now um <laughs> <laughs> doing great doing great oh god um you know uh just that's it's been a day it's it's been it's been it an has. episode it has been an it. episode but we did it and you can find us if you want to chat with us if you want to talk about this episode you can find us on instagram at carousel project podcast and also don't forget you can leave us a voicemail please yes. leave us a voicemail adam has been crying himself to sleep every single night <laughs> every night i haven't gotten any cool voicemails and he texts me and he's like josie what is nobody like me and i'm like no adam even though you're not the star of the show <laughs> You're still beloved by many, so please. Uh, apparently not. <laughs> please leave him a voicemail. That phone number is 407 457 4456. And if you don't feel like writing it down right now on our Instagram, there is a call CPP story highlight where you can find that phone number anytime. Tell us anything. We can't wait to hear from you. Yes. And also, I am 
so sick of hearing the three of our voices over and over and over again. I would love to add someone else's voice to this yeah. podcast. So call, call in. I'll put your beautiful voice. I'll make you sound wonderful, <laughs> and it'll be great. Oh, um, also... As usual, we're talking about our Patreon. We just got a new patron today. No big deal. Um, And she joined so she could go ahead and check out our bonus episodes. Probably because she she listened to the preview of the bonus episode we shared last week. So if you guys are curious how that episode ended or how any of our other bonus episodes start, begin, end, go ahead and join our Patreon. We also have other features there, but... The main thing I would say is bonus episodes because those are a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And on the topic of bonus episodes, we have one coming out next week as well. So um, get ready for that. And also, we're now exactly halfway through season five. So share your favorite episode from season five with your friends and family. And yeah. Wild. I can't believe we're through another season. And you guys and. know what's coming. Um, Adam's favorite Adam's number favorite number is five. We're five. still collecting five. five star reviews this yep. season. Um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 19 is not his favorite number. Suck it, Paul. It's five. <laughs> so leave us a review and we cannot wait to read your review because we love hearing what you guys think about our podcast. We do. And Paul yeah, must we think do. we hate him after all of this. <laughs> Every Sorry, episode Paul. he listens, he just hears suck it, Paul. <laughs> I mean, I think he knows it's a joke, right? Yeah. It probably. We hope. Yeah. We can only hope. <laughs> well, uh, I think well, that's Runaway that's Railway's finally back Nothing to the station. Finally pulling into the station. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, there's a little buzz under our seat like Goofy does. We're seeing oh, Chewy. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's like, you yeah, like that. That that's you see yeah, Chuby up in the yeah, little Chuby's hanging out uh, with his little window. babies. Yep. So yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to uh it's time to depart Speed from Adel. this runaway railway now. So <laughs> bye y'all. Y'all come back now. <laughs> <laughs> love you. Bye. Bye. Love you. Watch out. Take care. I thought you were different. Bye.